<laughs> What's up, IMM family? Welcome back to another episode, another beautiful week. I hope that everybody out there is doing good. I hope that you're staying blessed, keeping your head up. Uh, today, I know that we haven't done interviews in a long time, but surprisingly, we have something special for you guys. Uh, one of Jamie's old friends, um, and I'm just going to let her, you know, introduce uh, who that person is a little more. But again, please tune in for this interview, and we hope to have more and plenty more to come. Uh, hope that you get something from this if you are just, you know, wanting to hear about somebody else's story to motivate you or to push you. So please, uh tune in here we go yes man i am super excited about this interview when me and my sister first started uh talking about the podcast i was like man we gotta interview shannon um i believe you have an incredible story you have left i mean just following you on facebook on social media just seeing all the things that you're doing i just salute you um and we're gonna touch uh, i know a lot of people like what is he doing but we're gonna get all into that but for those of you that don't know, me and Shannon, we met at PJC, at Paris Junior College, out in Paris, Texas, um, in the country. Um, you were a sophomore at the time, right, I believe? Yeah, I was a yeah, sophomore. Right. Yeah, so Shannon was a sophomore. I was a freshman. That's where we met. Um, man, one thing that I always remember about Shannon, he was always funny, always smiling, always had a, a good spirit, but his work ethic was crazy um he lived in the gym and um he was he was serious about his craft he still is and i like i said i'm super excited to uh just dig into your story for everyone else to just see the light that i see that's within you um so yeah let's get into it uh shannon let everyone know you know just a little bit about yourself your background how old you are where you're from where you at right now just yeah let let the listeners know okay um like Jamie said, we met at PJC. Um, I'm Shannon Shorter. I'm from Ailey, Texas, Houston to be exact. Ailey kind of like the inner city, so to speak. I grew up single parent household, me, my brother, and my sister. Um, my mom, she made us like, she made it, uh, we was like comfortable being uncomfortable in a sense, you know? And we really couldn't tell like what was really going on until I really got older and I realized like, ah, okay that's how it's supposed to be you know we don't got we don't have that you know and um basketball was just placed in my life just because of my brother really i really wanted to do everything he wanted to do and he started playing basketball at a young age so i really just followed him mm-hmm. and i found out i had a, a strong passion about it and i just worked at it and then i met a few people along the way that just pushed me to another level and put me in positions where i can be seen and showcased Mm-hmm. And um, once I got to college, I went to uh, A&M Corpus Christi my freshman year, and the coach pretty much released me. That's pretty much how I ended up at PJC, and that's when we ran into Coach Hodge, one of the best coaches I ever played for. Um, that was one of the best teams I ever played for as well. And um, from there, I went to North Texas and won the championship. And then this was the story get interesting. After college, I didn't really have an opportunity till like a year and a half after I graduated to like start my professional career. Um, mm-hmm. I got a lot of no, I got a lot of like people telling me no, 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 we don't want them. We don't want to bring them in. Um, so um, that can really be like detrimental to your spirit and just your, your mental mind space you in. If you keep getting to know when you are really trying to accomplish something that you feel like is 
you know, part of your calling, part of your purpose. And so I used to be down. And then at that time, my mama, she she lost a job. My brother, he had just like, they had cut the hours at his job and he had just had my niece. So it was a lot of like tension in my household that was like not even, that wasn't even conscious though. It was like an unconscious type tension because when you stressed and when you're going through it, you don't really realize like, like how that's really playing with your mental, you know? And um, so that's when I really got into the church. That's when I started, uh, I used to meet with my pastor once a week and he used to really just encourage me and uplift me and speak life into me and just tell me, keep going, you know, and just give me positive words of affirmation. And it's it's crazy how you like can speak things into your mental and speak things into your life. and, And it just really shifts your whole perspective in mm-hmm. a sense and um so again so a year and a half so i was just grinding throughout that whole year and a half like working out three four times a day training and um then my mom told me like look like a year and a half later she told me straight up like look okay i understand this is something you want to do but you know she basically was telling me like you need to start looking for you know another job you know mm-hmm. looking for for something you know else and I don't think she was just telling me like to give up on my dream, but I really believe she was telling me like as a mother's son, like, look, life sometimes doesn't always go the way you, you think it should go. You need to, you know, really focus in on uh, accomplishing something that you that you got with your degree in college. And at that time, it was like perfect time. And I had a friend who pretty much was going on like a travel tour in Mexico playing like other professional teams. And he reached out to me and was like, hey, I think this would be like a great opportunity for you to be able to play in front of like these other teams and et cetera. And I ain't really buying to it because I wasn't really feeling it. I was just like, nah, I'm cool. Like, again, I got so many no's along the way that mm-hmm. I just was like, nah, I'm cool. But one thing I learned over time from that, just that experience that like that one opportunity, you don't know what's on the other side of the opportunity. So any opportunity that you may encounter, that you may run into, just take it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just off the strength of, um, especially if this is what you want to do. Like this something just like a hobby or something like that, it is what it is. But if this something that you really want to do and you really trying to accomplish and you have visions about it, you don't know what's on the other side of the opportunity. So we went, uh, we played the team that just won the championship and um, played really well. I think I had like 35 points. And the GM came up to me right after the game took my information and I didn't really think much of it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. He called me three days later and was like, hey, I got a team for you. When can you when can you leave? And I was like, I can leave yesterday. So <laughs> it was it was so bad that like when I so probably like a week went by and I hadn't heard nothing. So I called him on like a Friday night. It was like 1 a.m. I was like, hey, what's going on? I haven't heard anything. He's like, yeah, I was just about to call you. I got your ticket. He emailed it to me and I told my mama and she didn't believe me. You know, she was just like, well, you ain't going nowhere. Right. So I'm in my room packing my bag, whatever, getting ready to go. Cause of my flights at 5 a.m. Right. And my mama come in the room and she's like, oh, you really leaving? I was like, yeah, mom, like for real. So she take me to the airport and, um, you know, she just get very emotional. Like start crying. I don't know what I'm gonna do without you. You know, I'm like, mama, like, I'm only going to Mexico. It's not like I'm going, you know what I mean? But then I told her, like, but mama, like, real talk, we own now. Like, just that one opportunity, I knew, like, what I was about to do with it because of the mm-hmm. work I put in and just just the mental mind space I was in, you know? And so the opportunity came. I get to Mexico. I, I, I signed with this team for $3,000. That team trade me to, like, a 
a worse team, like the worst team in the league, right? That team trade me to another team. So, like, my first, like, two weeks in Mexico, I'm, like, on a bus, traveling, don't know where I'm at, don't know the language, nothing, right? So I'm walking through the train station, and the coach that for the last team that I got traded to, he see me, he's like, hey, you, you know, you shorter, shorter. And I said, yeah. And um, he's like, yeah, you, you on my team, whatever, we get on the bus. So the next day, I meet him in his office. And he told me, he said, I don't got, I don't got much to give you. I ain't even going to lie to you. I don't got that much money. But I'm going to put the ball in your hands, and I'm going to give you this opportunity, right? I was like, all right, cool. So I signed with them $500 a month. No lie. $500 a month, you know, I could have made more than this back in the States. But again, when I was praying, I wasn't praying for a million million dollars. Mm-hmm. I was just praying that God would just open up an opportunity for me to showcase what I can do. It didn't, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't seem like the best fit or whatever case may be, but I felt like that was the best opportunity for me at that time. I dominated the situation. I think I averaged like 28, like eight boards, a few assists, whatever the case may be. And then from there, it just took off. Mm-hmm. I got a deal in Argentina for fifteen thousand dollars, and then nine nine years later, I'm in Japan, Tokyo, six figures up. That's crazy, bro. That's a crazy story. What? But the five hundred dollars a month was a crazy story. Man, yeah. get through that. That takes a lot of that. That means you love the game. You have to. Yeah, yeah. That's what I tell young people all the time. That like kind of look up to me and they know a little bit about my story. I say, look like. If you're really passionate about this, no amount of money can really like shift your passion. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because it's like it's like this what you really like going to war for. You know yeah, what I mean? You're on the front line for this, right? It can be if you want to be a lawyer and you got to take that that test to become a lawyer or a doctor, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. If you're passionate about it, I feel like no opposition can really hold you back from accomplishing what you're trying to accomplish. And I don't even feel like that was the opposition. I really believe that was a blessing, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Because again, had I not took that opportunity from my friend Steve, who called me that day and said, let's go to Mexico, I don't know where I'd be right now, truthfully. Okay. That's a true story. And um, so with the $500, I was really like, I sent, my mama still wasn't working. So I sent her like 350 And mm-hmm. then I give my, give my tithes to the church. And then the rest, I just, you know, so it was really, I was holding on to like $100. You know what I mean? But um, it, it was valuable lessons in that. It taught me how to save. It taught me how to be smart with my finances. It taught me um, how you can be grateful over the little things, mm-hmm. you know? And it just, again, it's just it's just a shift in perspective. You look at it like, man, I'm only getting $500. What am I going to do with this? You can complain, do everything you do, um, and, and just just really be detrimental to your spirit or you can just say look like this the opportunity that that came before me this situation that i'm in front of and i'm grateful for this and i was really grateful for it yeah. you know what i mean my team was was trash like we was trash whatever you know i wasn't used to losing like that but again it was an opportunity for me to be able to show what i can do and you know nine years later mm-hmm. i don't want championships and mm-hmm. i'm up and i gotta thank god for it Yes. Can you like, can you take us back to, you know, college, uh, college ball, especially going to UNT and then, you know, making an impact instantly to where y'all, you know, win the conference tournament and then y'all go on and make NCAA uh, appearances. Can you go Mm -hmm. back to that and explain what all it took as far as locking in for that season and what the feeling was to finally go from, you know, JUCO to really, you know, doing something at UNT? Right. So 
I'm gonna take y'all back to my freshman year at A&M Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in like a dark place because um, the coach like really like released me. Like literally like after the season, this the coach that recruited me. One, I didn't want to go there. My mom and my AAU coach were like, you going on this unofficial visit. We gonna see what this coach have to say. You know, you got goals, aspirations. He said he can meet him, whatever, whoop to whoop. And so I, you know, I go on an unofficial visit. I commit, whatever, everything's good. The first two months, then he just stopped playing me. Like, stopped playing me, wasn't playing me, no excuse. So after the season, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go hard. I'm gonna get better, whatever, do what I gotta do. So we have a meeting, like, you know, them end of the year meetings, you know what yeah. I mean? And we, I remember, like, it's just that we was riding around in this car, and he was just like, yo, like, if you want, if you want your release, um, I, I will help you, you know facilitate that and I'm like I ain't even bring this up like yeah. what you talking about so once he said that I was just like look obviously you don't want me here you want to go in a different direction that's what it is so then I went to a uh, that summer I went to the junior college like all American camp in the summer mm-hmm. and um, uh, that's when I first seen my coach from North Texas Johnny Jones right and so he followed me throughout the season at Paris. I had we had a really good team, and I was you know I was one of the you know the key players so to speak, and um, we lost in the region no championship like that 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 like still hurts me in my spirit because we lost we should have won like, lost, we lost in double overtime lost in the regional championship to go to the national tournament. Oh wow! Right, we we were the number four team in the country. Like we like we we was elite. Right, it was me. Jonathan Simmons, Kenny Gabriel, we had a guard from Philly, like we had a squad and mm-hmm. uh, we just lost. And so I went to North Texas, I signed with North Texas in the fall, went to North Texas. So my first, I had, you know, when you come to a new situation, you kind of got to like prove yourself, so mm-hmm. to speak, and like let them know like, okay, I'm committed, this is the team I'm part of, whatever the case may be. So I didn't start for like the first maybe like 10, 12 games of the season. And then I didn't make my first start till like December. And then once I started, we went on like a 18 game winning streak. Didn't lose a game at home. And um uh we got to the 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 conference tournament. But again, like I feel like my coach, this is what I tell young people too. I say you gotta pick a system that really best fits you. Like mm-hmm. don't go to the school just because of the name. Don't go to the school because, you know, you got – you've seen other people go there, like, how you feel about the school. It ain't about how they feel about you. It's about how you feel about it. So, like, Johnny Jones, he really didn't – like, real life, he used to tell me, like, if you shoot the ball, you're not playing. He used to tell me, like, 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 like didn't instill no kind of confidence in me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just like, dang, like, okay, so why did you bring me here? Exactly. Right? You know what I'm saying? So like, but um, <laughs> I could have easily just moped, but but then I still figured out a way to stay on the court. I played really good defense. I was the best defender on the team. I got defense player of the year twice. So I mean, I feel, figured out a way to stay on the court and just have some kind of impact. Yeah. And you know that that led to us winning the championship, getting the conference championship, and the NCAA tournament berth. And um, the crazy part about that from that team, we had like some all conference guys and, and etc. And I don't I don't say this to like throw, you know, shade at anybody or nothing like that, but like I'm the only person that's still playing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like everybody else like that had the quote unquote names, they not 
they not playing, they not, you know. Yeah. Right, right. It just shows how much heart and passion that you have towards the game and, you know, people that they can have all these awards and all these accolades that they have under their name and the game probably don't even mean nothing to them. They probably just had it naturally given to them where they can easily just do this and do that. Someone right. out there like that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I mean, yeah. my, my experience at UNT, it taught me a lot. Again, it just it just taught me how like you can impact a game without scoring. You can mm-hmm. do many things within the game to leave your mark on a game. And um, I really enjoyed it though. I did enjoy it. How is your, um, you know, being playing overseas, being in Tokyo right now, what time is it in mm-hmm. Tokyo? Like 11 something, 11, 23? Yeah, it's about, yeah. Yeah, exactly. um, uh, how's it you know playing playing out there and as just far as like the competition or just in general competition, okay, uh, just the process itself because i know being away from family you know just that whole process like how how is that yeah yeah i love playing overseas obviously when i first started coming overseas me and my family are super close so mm-hmm. i would get homesick mm-hmm. but i mean nine seasons in now it's like it's kind of it just kind of come with the territory, you know what I mean. So it's not like I don't miss my people, but I'm kind of like I got adapt to it now, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, again, I just like to hoop. I love to compete. You know what I mean. And it's crazy, like the skill set that you see from like, you know, people that play like in Australia, or people that play like in uh, Turkey or, or France or you know Japan, where I'm in or China. Like the skill set they have is totally different from the mm-hmm. state. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, in the States, is more so like a naturally gifted, talented, mm-hmm. just off the top. Like here, like they really have like skill. Like when I was in Korea, they used to shoot free throws off the backboard, shoot three-pointers off the backboard. Like, and they used to go in like cash. And it just used to like really surprise me. Like, y'all really have to like work on that. Like that's mm-hmm. not nothing that's like natural. Like who naturally shoots a free throw off the backboard? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And... um they they over overseas they really use their mind more than the athleticism because obviously they're not as athletic as Americans and et cetera. But I mean, I feel like it's some of like the best basketball in the world. Um mm-hmm. just off the strength of it's more mental than physical. And you mm-hmm. gotta really like outsmart people and try to like um obviously the skill comes in as well, but I feel like you really have to use your mind more than your physical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just uh last year my team we traveled to Japan. Uh, and we played two teams out there uh, in Tokyo. And mm-hmm. it was just the difference in how they play and, like, the they was doing these passing drills. I ain't never seen people do, but it was something mm-hmm. that gets them going for the game. And the way they, like, dribble the ball and the speed that they use. And I don't yeah. know, it's just completely different. And then I didn't know that they get three steps instead of oh, two. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. confused me. I was like, well, this is something completely new. But I was like, I was just glad to be in Japan, be somewhere different. But mm-hmm. I can imagine the transition from playing in the USA and then going overseas and playing. Y'all got the molten ball, which is like, I don't like that ball at all. I hate it. Sure. I hate it. It's like a, the overseas ball. It's very slippery. It's terrible. It's nasty. There's no grip on it. it I don't know. I, I ain't like yeah, that. It's, it's trash. It's trash for sure. 
But I can only imagine like the transition of being away from your family because I think me being all the way in California is something completely different. Like I was homesick my whole first two years being out here and not being home. But for you to be like 13, whatever hours away, how like, how do you cope with that? Or I know that you're, you know, you've gotten used to it, but how did you cope with it in the beginning? Uh, Just really staying in communication. Like Mm -hmm. I talk to my mama every day. I talk to my niece. I talk to my brother. I just, I just really reach out to my people. They reach out to me and they know how to access me too, though. So like, um, whenever they call, I pick up. If I call, they answer no matter the time. Mm-hmm. And that's really just the coping, you know. And then you got to thank God for technology now, where you can Facetime somebody and see them rather than yeah. just having to talk to them over the phone. And I mean, obviously that helps a lot. So it's really just communicating and just staying in contact with my people, just being in it, being in the know about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that really helps a lot. What um are you? Do you plan on continuing playing overseas, or have you ever thought about going to the NBA? Or anything like that? Yeah, I, I did some workouts the past past few summers with the Rockets. Um, I love to play in the NBA, but I just think it's so, like, political. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you can do everything right. You can be in the right position. You can kill somebody. You can destroy somebody in a workout. But if they got a certain age, you know, if they name a certain, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They have a certain name. It's like they'll tell you, oh, you did a phenomenal job, but we still going to go in this direction. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, I wouldn't mind playing the NBA, but I mean, I get, I get, I get a good little penny overseas. So yeah, so you ain't worried about it. Right. I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> I'll stay where I'm at. Um, but um, I mean, just hearing your story, like I know you had to overcome a lot of obstacles, a lot of challenges throughout your whole mm-hmm. story. Um, mm-hmm. some things I didn't even know that you went through, especially like being cut um your freshman year like that because mm-hmm. I got released at Paris so I know all about the well he called us into the office and it was like here's your release papers we're not gonna da, 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 da. it was that whole story is crazy but like I said mm-hmm. you you went through a she cut out yeah she did, yeah, she did. <laughs> I was like I didn't realize what just went on. Oh Lord! Right. <laughs> you going? Wait. Um. Uh, you cut out. Oh, dang it! Uh, yeah. Hold on. It was, can y'all hear me? Yeah. It yeah, was, we can hear you now. You said about the release papers for yourself. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, my bad. I was just saying. Yeah, I remember. Um. Yeah, with with Paris, I got released. How they uh, called us into the room or whatever. Um. But that's a whole nother story. Um. So. But what I was asking was like, what what motivates you? What keeps you going? Because throughout your whole story, you had to overcome certain obstacles, certain challenges um, that most would have gave up, most would have quit. Um, mm-hmm. Especially like you know, you went through some mental things because uh, you had to get you know, pat like getting released don't feel good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like so, absolutely. So um, yeah, what what kept you going? Um, I just had visions, truthfully. Mm-hmm. I had some visions that I know I wanted to accomplish and I knew I couldn't really accomplish them without the uh, necessary, like, I guess, means and, like, necessary... Uh, necess- I just needed the necessary means to accomplish those visions, right? So 
Um, with basketball, I just know I wanted to be a basketball player my whole life. I know I wanted to be a professional. You know what I mean? Now, I wanted to be in the NBA, but I mean, obviously, that doesn't work out for every player. But just being able, just being able to be paid for um, what you love to do, I don't even feel like it's a job. You know what I mean? I just really enjoy doing what I'm doing. And then I just wanted to really just take care of my people. You know what I mean? And I feel like I feel like my like my family looks at me like a uh like a um for lack of a better word, like a savior, so to speak, right? Because um I like I do a lot for my people. You know what I mean? I it's, it's never a no when my people ask, you know, and um I just knew like the situations we was coming from and I knew like them them knowing my story firsthand and me overcoming that, I felt like that was gonna bring them a certain level of like confidence and sort certain level of joy to say, okay, I seen what my son went through. I seen what my brother went through. I seen what my cousin went through. And he went through a whole lot. You know what I mean? And if he can get through that, it's nothing for me to wake up and go to work and bust a clock or whatever the case may be, wake up and try to chase my dreams, go back to school for my brother. You know what I mean? And um it was really just more so for just the visions I had and just for my people. Um, and just me being stubborn to a sense, like you got to be stubborn when you really want to accomplish something because you're going to get some no's along the way, but all you need is that one yet. Yeah. And um, you just got to keep going, put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. So we, um, my sister, she showed me that you have a pavilion named after you, which I thought was super mm. cool because I didn't know how that process goes. I thought it was just for like old people that, you know, passed away and stuff like that. So right, that was right. cool to see. And so she told me about uh, your organization called Dog mm -hmm. Work. And if you could just tell, uh, you know, inform me because I still want to know more about it. And also the listeners, what Dog Work is and how you came about, uh, you know, producing that basically. So dog work is like an acronym I made up when I was going through it, right? Mm -hmm. Because in the, in the, the analogy I use is like, um, okay, you can put a pit in any environment, a pit bull in any environment, right? Like it can be up against a lion. It can be up against a, uh, 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 rattlesnake, whatever the case may be. You know what yeah. I mean? It's going to show it. It's going to show himself who it is. It's gonna mm -hmm. it's gonna bark at the the line. It's gonna bark at the rattlesnake. You ain't gonna be able to tell the pit is fearful of anything because of his actions. You mm -hmm. get what I'm saying? And so I kind of use that within myself as far as like just moving on through life. As far as like how do you want to approach life, right? And how do you want to approach this process of of getting from point A to point B? And I feel like you got to have a certain mentality. And it's really just a mentality that I have that like. It ain't nothing I'm gonna come up against that you gonna make me fear. Mm -hmm. Uh what what why I'll be fearful of, you know what I mean? And so that's just and that's just the analogy I use. It's just an acronym. And um, so I have like a so okay, dog work is is an affiliate of my foundation, which is called It's the Only mm -hmm. Right Foundation, right? And I created the foundation about three, four years ago, and we do a lot of outreach in the city, right? And again, this is one of the visions I had. And the outreach I do, I give out scholarships to the kids preparing to go to college. I have a free basketball camp. Um, I'm having a turkey giveaway that's coming up soon. And then I have a a a, a food drive where I just give out groceries mm -hmm. to like access of like 200 families in A Leaf in my you know community I came up in. And um, um, I mean I just feel like I feel like the position I'm in, I feel like it's only right I do that, mm -hmm. right? And 
because I seen like the like the kids that came in my in my community. I seen I've been in them same positions, right? I've been in the positions where you had to wait at the bus stop. I've been in positions where you don't know what you're gonna eat that night. You know what I mean? I've been on food stamps on EBT. I've been in a position where I seen mom as a cool couple. You know what I mean? Positions y'all been through. You know what I mean? I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't been in some. You know, some tough situations. So I feel like it's only right for me to to the people that I came from them same circumstances, right? And so the pavilion came about because I went to my church my first year and told my pastor. I said, look, basically everything you instilled in me, everything you put inside of me along this journey of, of where I'm at in my life, I feel like it's only right. So they have a scholarship, like um, they 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 give scholarships to to the youth at my church, right? And I said, okay, I will partner with you. And I gave our scholarships to my to, to some of the youth at my church of the $20,000. And then I gave our scholarships at my old high school, which I gave another $10,000. And um, I feel like if you can invest in somebody like future and just tell them like, like, like look like, okay, you may not have the means to, to, to accomplish everything you want to accomplish, but this little penny, whatever the case may be, $1,500 to go towards your schooling, I feel mm-hmm. like that's going like to push you forward. And when you're going through some tough times, you can think back like, okay, well, Shannon, he invested in me. So I got to accomplish this. You know what I mean? I can't give up on myself because he ain't give up on me. You know? Mm-hmm. And so once I, once I relate that in my pastor, um, it was building a pavilion, building a whole basketball court, like a whole park outside, like probably like right across the street from the church. And he's like, look, um, I've seen your faithfulness and I just want to name this pavilion after you and uh, put this in your name and just, you know, uh, just just a gift back to you for what you're doing for, for the youth at the church. So that was an amazing blessing. Uh, I never would have thought I would have had a whole pavilion named after me. Yeah, and that's um, uh yeah, I mean it's it, it, it's it's a blessing because it brings like all the youth on the southwest mm-hmm. side of Houston. They they go to that court, and I even go to the court as well. And I just be out there playing with them, and you just get to really see the the joy it brings them just to be on that court and just be able to hoop with their friends and um be just being out there talking to them, just learning them and and understanding what they're going through, just being a light, being a beacon of light, and uh, it's definitely a blessing. Mm-hmm. crazy that, that's a that's an amazing story that's what i want to do like uh giving back to the community or giving back to people that were in the position that i was in growing up and being able to be somebody that can be a mentor or help them or change change their views on life and when they feeling down about it or feeling like you know don't nobody get out of a situation like this i just want to be a person that does what you're doing uh, and I hope to do that, hope to come into something where I can give back to others. But that's just, it was amazing to hear that. And mm-hmm. I hope that everybody else out there was able to hear that. That was, that was a good story right there. Mm-hmm. Who's somebody that's inspired you, that's been like a big inspiration throughout your journey? Uh, it's been a few people, actually. Um, uh, definitely my niece. Um, just to see like the joy she has of, uh, on life mm-hmm. you know what I mean she's so young she's nine years old but her mind is in like a lot of places as far as like what she's accomplished and what she want to do and she's very intelligent so that that motivates me and then one of my friends that was down with me when we was down is um I don't know if y'all know him y'all probably do a uh, rapper named Toby and Wigway mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah, yeah. 
yeah, we went to UNT together, and he wanted to be a football player, and he broke his foot, and um, we just grew really close because we was like really like down together, like real talk, like in the trenches together. And um, I remember we used to be in the car just talking about everything we doing now. We mm-hmm. used to talk about it then, like. He used to freestyle for me and say, hey, bro, what you what you think about this? Like, how you think this sound? You know, whoop to whoop. And to see it, like, nine years later, he got Grammy nominations. He's performing mm-hmm. at the BC Hip Hop Awards. It's, it's just it's amazing. It's an amazing sight to see because I seen, like, I seen it firsthand, like, what he was going through. You know what I mean? And then um, uh, my grandma, she inspires me a lot. You know, she's 76 now. And... Um, she 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 the a train at a gym. So she used to be a bodybuilder. She retired from bodybuilding probably like ten years ago. So she was really like like lean, like crazy. I don't know if you've seen. I, I'm sure she came in a few of my games. I don't know if you've seen it though, James. I can't remember. But she was like crazy, like stocky. She used to get up at four a.m., go to work, do everything she had to do, and. I feel like when I seen that at a young age, like how she used to really go about her business each and every day, I think that really like pushed me forward and like allowed me to see like, okay, if you want to accomplish something, you can't 9 a.m. Like your day gone. Like you got to really start mm-hmm. early. You got to get there before everybody else get there and just really push forward. And I seen that from my grandma. Mm. And just obviously my mother, just the hustler she is and how she just overcame so much and just really put food on me and my brother, my sister table. And it's just, it was amazing to see how like she didn't really complain. She just got it done. And you know, that's why she get anything she want from me. <laughs> what, um, what's, before we get ready to close out, uh, one question I want to ask though, is what are at least three values that you stand on? you know after going through everything that you've been through being where you're at right now mm-hmm. you know everything you've learned what's three values you stand on um I think you gotta first stand on integrity mm-hmm. and being who you say you are without people watching I feel like that's a big um that's a big like core value of mine I know one of the bible verses is Proverbs 10 to 9 he say um if you walk in, in integrity you will live securely but um, if you walk without integrity, you'll be found out, right? So mm-hmm. it's like a, um, like basically like, who are you and what are you doing? Like outside of like this interview, outside of what I put on social media, mm-hmm. right? Right. And then sex gotta be a, a, a man of your word, right? Like if you say you're gonna do something, do it. If you're not gonna do it, don't do it, but don't, don't be a liar. Don't be a misleader. Don't sugarcoat stuff. Like just be very direct. And one another Bible verse: Let your yes be a yes, and let your no be a no. Right. So like, just be very direct with who you are and what you want to say, and 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 um, how you want to come across. And uh, lastly, I think you have to just have a a belief and a faith in yourself and in God. Um, but to just really believe that you can accomplish or do or walk in purpose or um, um, be be faithful to God because faithfulness to God, it can take you many places. Mm-hmm. It can take you places that you never thought you would be. 
And I'm a, I'm a living testimony of that. And so, yeah, I say integrity, being a man of your word and just walking in faith. Well, my question is, what are your plans for once you, you know, hang up your jersey and put your basketball shoes away to the side? What are your plans after, you know, you're done with basketball? Do you plan right. to coach or anything like that? I don't really have plans to coach right now. I mean, mm-hmm. I have opportunities to coach because a lot of my ex-coaches have reached out to me. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I want to build my foundation. I mm-hmm. want it to be like a worldwide type thing. Um, and then I want to be an ESPN analyst. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really, like, get joy out of seeing what Stephen A. Smith do. Yeah. He's, like, uh, somebody I really look up to. Um, so, and I met him one time, too. So, that was a blessing. Um, so, I do want to be in that position because I do like to debate about sports, yeah. you know, I, I do, I really enjoy that. And then um, um, just just being in my community, doing the outreach that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think I'm getting into real estate a little bit, just open up some more business for myself. Um, but the main thing would probably, I want to be an ESPN analyst. So it's a process for sure. That's, that's dope. I wouldn't even ESPN analyst. I feel like I'd be so scared, but you got to know exactly what you're talking about to be that. So if you good at debate, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, really great at that. That would be real dope. Um, absolutely. It kind of looked like we lost Jamie. I don't know what happened to her. <laughs> Again. See y'all. We, you can't see you at all. Can you hear me though? Yeah, we can hear yeah, you. We can okay, hear that's you. all that matters. As long as y'all can hear exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah, so that's, all, that's all that matters. I was like, I can hear y'all and see y'all. <laughs> But um, but no, that's awesome, Shannon. Man, yeah, keep I appreciate doing it. what you're doing. Like, Not really, you like I mean it when I say that you're a light. You really are, and just in everything that you're doing, you're an inspiration too. Mm-hmm. That just showing that it's possible. Cause like mm-hmm. what like my sister was saying, the her dream, the visions, like the the thing that God has given me is kind of similar to yours. Is just being able to impact other people, being able to be a blessing to other people. Um. Mm-hmm through the gifts and the strengths and all the things that God is blessing me with and us with and giving it to other people and being a blessing. So it just lets me, it's just confirmation that, yeah, that it's possible. And yes, that's what, you know, God already confirmed it, but it's just even more confirmation when you hear somebody else's story and see their story and see them living it, walking in it. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sure. I appreciate you, Jay. Real talk. Yes, no problem. Um, been knowing you a long time. I know, man. Shannon, uh, what we used to say, swag too official. Yeah, Back- swag too official. Swag too. <laughs> <laughs> For real, I would never forget that. Um, but yes, keep being a blessing. Keep being the light. Keep working hard, like you always done. Um, and thank you again for doing this interview. We appreciate it so much. Yeah, Amen. I appreciate y'all for sure. Yeah, and again, everybody, this was Shannon Shorter. Uh, please uh, follow him on his IG or Facebook. All you gotta do is type the name, you can find it. That's how you know, <laughs> these things work. <laughs> you can probably find some highlight videos too, because I watched them yesterday and it's pretty, uh, pretty nice to see. But uh, I hope everybody was able to hear something worth the meaning and able to find out about, you know, dog work, find out about who he is and where he plays at and just 
the struggles he was able to overcome. I mean, if he can do it, anybody can do it. It's all about mentality. It's all about fighting. It's all about, you know, having that drive and that passion that he was talking about. So I hope that you guys have a great week uh, and tune in next week. We have another beautiful episode for you guys. Um, and yeah. Let's get it. Appreciate you.